my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so happy to have you with me again today. On today's podcast, (laughs) we're going to be talking about the importance of bids and repairs in your relationship. So these are terms that come directly from the work of John Gottman, who is one of the most famous marriage researchers in the world. Uh, For over 30 years, him and his wife have been researching couples and what makes them last and what makes them not last. And so he actually has a lab called the Love Lab. And he and his wife have figured out via their research how to predict to 93.6% accuracy which couples will get a divorce and which ones will not. And it is because of just key dynamics and very practical ways that he can tell which couples are making bids and which couples are making repairs towards each other. And then some other concepts too, which we may revisit at a later episode, but really the key factors are whether or not couples turn towards each other or whether or not they turn away. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.
With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girl's night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today so in today's episode i'm going to be uh breaking down or sharing with you what some of um, Gottman's research says about this and hopes that you find it supportive. And this is going to be our third episode in our couples series. So for those of you who are just joining us or you're catching up, because I know some people binge from the beginning, some people just kind of spot check (laughs) and find a title that looks good to you. And then you click on it. And some of you are just working backwards. We uh, have been in a partner series where I've been talking about some concepts to help those of you who are in relationships or those of you who want to be in relationships down the road, move towards healthiness and happiness. And so in one episode, talked about five key factors to look for that show that you feel protected in a relationship. And I spent a lot of time talking as well about signs that you do not feel protected in a relationship because many of us in our in our black girls heal community we because we struggle with love addiction we can very much take a positive thing that someone says like and find like a a breadcrumb about it and completely omit uh the real things that are happening and it's hard for us to see our part as well so talked about the key factors of what it feels like to be protected but also what are some ways that that might show up that is actually not protection and also what can we do about it and then also another episode talked about how to let your partner have their feelings uh, because when we are not only doing our healing work but to be in relationship with other people can be very triggering it could be triggering in very positive ways and really igniting parts of our heart and love and connection and joy and happiness and belief that we have not had access to and it can also be triggering uh towards any fears of abandonment and rejection and so talked a lot about what it looks like to allow your partner to have his or her feelings or their feelings without personalizing what's going on with them and learning how to take care of you all of this is being highlighted and sponsored because in August, and hello to all of you who've already registered. I'm very excited to see you. But in August, live here in Houston, we are hosting our Let Them Love You workshop, where we will be doing an all-day intensive on learning how to let the people who want to connect and care for us in, learning how to let them comfort us, learning how to let them love us, letting, learning how to let them help us, learning how to open up, learning how to let our walls down. We're going to be talking about the sources of it and more details. We're going to be having some live coaching. We're going to be leaving with workbooks and next steps and plans. Uh, and we're just going to be loving on each other. So I can't wait, like I said, to see those of you who've already registered. If you can relate to the phrase of ever thinking it's just so hard for me to let people love me for me to let them in 
this is your sign because I know I'm talking to my avoidant ladies and my ladies who are usually very tempted to try to do it on their own and, you know, just try to hack the system and apply things um, by yourself and struggle longer than you need to because you're not used to being vulnerable and asking for help, this is the workshop for you. So I would love to see you live here in Houston. You can get your tickets by going to blackgirlshill.org slash let them love let them love you. <laughs> let them love you. All four words. Blackgirlsheal.org slash let them love you. Or you can also just go to the main site and there is a big button on the main page that says let them love you workshop. And like I said, it's Saturday, August 6th, uh, starting at 9 a.m. And we're going through the day. So would love to see you there, my ladies. And the concepts that will be taught there will be applicable for relationships of all sexual orientations, which by the way, this weekend, I was like, I cannot believe that I forgot to say this. Y'all, happy pride. Happy pride to all of my lesbian, queer, bisexual, pansexual, trans, non-binary, genderqueer, all all of my folks who are listening to this podcast, I love you so, so much. I am so happy you are here. I'm so happy that you entrust or you trust me enough to pour into your life, to to take some tips and tools to bring to your own personal daily life with your relationships, with your self-love and self-care. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you are feeling seen and celebrated this this month. I am praying for, I am voting for your protection, for your freedom, for all of your things here in the country as well. And in the meantime, again, 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 Happy Pride, and I love all of you. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into this podcast episode. So one of the things that I love about John Gottman's work, uh, for those of you who are just now joining us, I've mentioned in previous episodes how by trade, I have been a trained therapist and I was trained in marriage and family therapy. That is what my master's is in. And when you're in grad school, you learn a whole bunch of theories because you are getting just a big wide variety of what previous research has been, what different methods are to see not only what other people have found to be true, but also what fits your style, what makes the most sense so that you can either bring one method and all of its glory into your therapeutic practice or you do a merging of it all together. And I remember John Gottman's work just always stood out to me because I loved the practicality of it. For those of you who love the one, two step <laughs> system of the world where you're like, okay, give me a plan and a structure. If you have ever been attracted to that and just people making really abstract things like feelings and emotions uh, plain, Gottman's work is for you. Not because he really goes into details about this is what a feeling is and he doesn't really go as much into attachment, but he is very clear about, okay, these are the mechanisms that will destroy your relationship and these are the ones that will build it. And these are specific sets of questions and things for you to do to come to connect, to build a map together if you're familiar with Gottman, you know what I mean by um, uh, connecting on your map and building on your house and all that. Uh, but that is what Gottman's work really talks about. And I remember learning about it and thinking that this is fantastic because 
when people talk about what a healthy relationship looks like, often the the symbol of a healthy relationship is, or this the symbolic example is two people who are looking at each other and talking to each other in like a calm voice and using I statements and I feel this and when you do this and everything, you know, even with the, even when it's tense, it's it's manageable. And I remember just it just I couldn't understand how. I would see couples who were super volatile also have the most beautiful and and flourishing relationships. So when I say volatile, I don't mean, you know, throwing tables at each other, but highly spirited, highly opinionated, going to they they're going to yell and they're going to tell you exactly what they think. And you know, according to again the the stereotype of what is supposed to be healthy, if you yell, then that's destructive, then that's dangerous, and you need to bring that down. Almost be something that you're not, which is why I can understand why people kind of push away from or they make fun of therapy statements and I feel statements and all that stuff, even though they are super helpful, y'all. Get get some I feel statements in your life, even if you are a spirited person, uh, because you're going to need that for the repairs, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But what I just to bring it all together, what I really used to love about Gottman's work is that it gave the space for every single couple to be exactly who they are, to show up with all of who they are and what makes them makes them connect, what makes them special, and then bringing those tools and tips into their relationship. So the couple that says exactly what they think with no filter, kind of uh, you know, caps on each other can be just as healthy as a couple who has a monthly Monday night check-in and they drink tea and they just talk about what's going on in the world. And they can be just as healthy as another couple who is also very mild-mannered. One person is mild-mannered mild-mannered, and the other person is more spirited. And that yin and that yang is what brings them together is what helps them that opposites attract really does provide that balance so bids and repairs are what helps with that so what is a bid a bid is any attempt to connect to your partner and it can be physical it can be uh, verbal it can be nonverbal it can be small it can be bid it's just a request to connect so it could be something like hey how's your day it could be checking in on something that they have been working on and asking how it's going. It could be you showing them a really pretty plant that you just bought at the store that you're super excited about. It can be you inviting them to go take a walk with you. It can be you asking them to spend time with you while you are changing your son's diaper. It can be all kinds of things. But it's a request to check in, to feel connected to, to to invite them to be part of your world and also a request to be in their world as well. Uh, so here's where the problems come in at and what John Gottman would see in his lab. He would see, and again, his books will talk more about this, but he would see that not only would partners in, inside relationships that were headed towards divorce not make a lot of bids. If one partner did, the other one would not respond. They would either ignore or reject it. So what does that look like? It looks like they ask you, hey, how's your day going? And they may grunt in response or not respond at all. It could be that you're trying to show them something that you're really excited about. Um, Maybe you're really into pottery and they fake interest in it and 
again, just not really taking interest in you and taking interest in your world. It could be they invite you to go and go fishing with them and you always have an excuse to not do it. Oh, the example that I saw on the website when I was kind of reviewing what uh, what bids and repairs were talked about if you're read, reading an email and you sigh heavily, does your partner say, hey, what's wrong? Or are you both of you kind of in your own little worlds and he or she just doesn't care enough to ask or they are just completely tuned out? And the things about bid and repairs, like I've said in previous episodes, is that In all partnerships, people have their off days. No one is 100% on. Even when you are with your soulmate, people have bad days. People have, uh, they are really consumed with what's going on with them. Um, Maybe y'all just got in a fight, you know, which we're going to talk about repairs in a second. So no one is completely on all the time. But you want to look at, is this our normal state that we are kind of in our own little silos? Am I always the one who's trying to bid and connect with them? Or does it feel like, because always is an extreme word, does it feel like I'm the one who is most often trying to bid and connect to them, but they aren't responding? Or are you both bidding and trying to connect with each other, but y'all kind of have this stalemate where it's like, I'm only going to do I'm only going to connect to you when you're doing what I want to do. And see, I asked you to spend time with me earlier and now you're asking me to spend time with you. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to do that. So you can see how it feels. And it becomes this tit for tat and this war zone instead of actually learning how to connect and come together. So again, the three different ways that you can respond to a bid is either turning towards them. So acknowledging them turning away from them. So that could be ignoring them or missing it altogether. And then the third one is turning against them. So rejecting the bid. So being argumentative, being belligerent, the example I just gave, right? And so what Gottman found is he calls the couples who lasted masters and he called the ones that really struggled disasters. He talks about how not no one can really be on 100% of the time, like I just said, but masters tend to turn towards each other 86% of the time and disasters turn towards each other only 33% of the time, right? And so this is where, where people talk about doing your part of your relationship and you showing up all the way. It's really important that we not take time and energy and space for granted. It can be very easy for us, especially those of us who can be avoidant, for us to be like, you know, this is a very stressful time in my life. I got a lot of stuff going on at work. I got a lot of things going on with the kids. I'm in a fight with my best friend. We're not talking anymore. And you can have all these rationalizations why right now I'm going to put my partner on the back burner and I'll get to them tomorrow. And then you find that tomorrow becomes a week and it becomes a couple weeks. And during that time, that trust and connection is being eroded. And uh, we we hear the, the metaphor about the love tank and the love bank all the time. And so if I'm going through through life days and weeks and months without depositing, without connecting to my partner, and just things are just stale and dry at the end, it is very unreasonable for me when I'm done with my funk or my chapter or my season to pop up and say, okay, well, I'm ready now. Let's go back to the way things were before. And my person is feeling rejected and they're feeling unseen and they're feeling really uh, ignored. 
And then I get upset that they're feeling ignored. Like, I'm, I'm ready. You knew I was going through things. Why are you upset with me? Well, because they are also a person in this partnership. They're also a person in this relationship and coupleship. And so this is where if you are going to see a couple's therapist or someone, y'all learning how to have bids even when you're going through. Even when you're going through things, a bid can be communicating, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm needing. Reassuring the other person that it's not about them uh, doing small things for them. If you can't do quality time right now, can you leave a note that says thinking about you sending you love or something else that connects and pours into that person in a way that respects where your capacity is while also acknowledging that this is a person that you've chosen to do life with, that you've chosen to take care of. I have one professor who used to always talk about how one of the blind spots that many people go into long-term partnerships with, whether... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Not as marriage or not, but go into long-term committed partnerships with is a belief that the reason why they're connecting to this person is because they love them so much because it uh, because of the synergy and connection that they have. But really what they're connecting to is they really like how this person makes them feel and they like how this person is taking care of them. So it's more of a selfish, selfish means. And because it's not mutual. So the contract is I'm connected to you as long as you make me feel fine and dandy and make me feel good. But as soon as the attention is not on me the way that I want it to be, then I am out. And again, going back to what I've said before about there are absolutely ebbs and flows in all relationships and all coupleships and all uh, polyamorous relationships, if that is what your relationship dynamics are. But there are ebbs and flows in all of them. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. 
Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. And it's also worth looking at if I am feeling so depleted by my partner and not taken care of, what have I done, if anything, that's been just as intentional and bringing that same amount of energy and pouring into him or her? Or have I been doing this tit for tat thing, which is really a trauma response? Many of us have people who would kind of dangle this carrot of love and connection over us, especially in narcissistic families, but even in those of us who didn't have narcissists, but just broken people who had their own childhood trauma and grew up to be adults and caregivers. But we would have parents and loved ones who would kind of dangle the carrot of, I will love you and appreciate you and and uh, dote on you and give in to you only when you're doing what I want you to do. And that is destructive. That is that is so, so unfair and unstable to a young child, which is why we will get insecure attachment styles, which is why it's so hard for us to actually depend on on relationships and actually believe and love and trust and connection because we have people playing a game of chicken with our hearts as little girls and then little boys and little people. And then we grow up to be in adult relationships and we do the exact same things to the people that we are connected to. And we wonder why it doesn't work. We wonder why sometimes they will comply because they are so afraid to to lose us and it's, it's too hurtful to, to have us be mad at us. And sometimes their inner little girl kicks in. Sometimes their inner little boy kicks in. They're like, I'm not playing that game. And, and they don't give in. And then that's where the fights start. So... Are we, are we showing up as our best, most holistic, high level version of ourselves? Or are we carrying over that childhood trauma and playing a game of carrot, um, horse and carrot or chicken with our partners and getting the results that we're getting and then wondering why and blaming them for it? And it's not even about blaming us. We're, we're all doing as what we have seen done before. But once we know better, we get to do better. Gottman really talks about in his work that bids are all about the small moments. So even if you're listening to this, and you're like, man, I've, I really have been neglecting my partner. Yeah, you can go and do like a big sweeping thing and do something really generous and really um, kind. And maybe maybe you need to. But also, it's, it looks like uh, giving kisses on the way out the door. It looks like holding hands. It looks like uh, checking in and actually listening to them. It looks like when they are talking about their work, this is something that I 
<laughs> Sometimes I have to work on as someone who talks about feelings and emotions and things all day with people, which I love. And then this is kind of a running joke in the healer and therapist community is that once you get home, you've given so much to everybody else that your loved ones really don't get a lot. So you have to be intentional on, okay, I, I have one colleague who would talk about seeing his wife, and this might sound weird for some of y'all, but I think the other healers and therapists and people who are in trauma work all the time can get it. But they would see, uh, he would see his wife as his final client of the day. And so he could mentally not come home and say, all right, I'm off the clock and like go and pop in front of the TV, but that he can go and commit to an hour, hour and a half, two hours or whatever, checking in with his wife, listening to all the things that was going on with her and the kids all day, being actively involved, uh, empathizing, validating, congratulating, loving on her instead of just clocking and phoning it in, right? And so uh, are there places in your relationship that you're phoning it in versus actually being connected to your partner and listening to them? And these small repairs or these small bids can absolutely and do absolutely revitalize relationships that may feel dormant and non-existent because of the distance that not connecting to each other has brought. I mean, you you were with this person, you decided to be with this person because you liked them, because you cared about them. And so it's just bringing that energy back uh, from the beginning. So what is a repair attempt? A repair attempt is when things are going wrong, it can be any statement or action, whether or not it's serious or silly, that prevents the negativity from ex escalating out of control. So if it can be, I'm sorry, right? So you're y'all are fighting, y'all are beefing, and someone says, I'm sorry. Repair attempts can also look like them reaching out and trying to touch you when you're mad. How many of us are like, don't touch me? <laughs> When when you're mad and you might think that is because they're trying to distract you, but it's literally them trying to reach out. And maybe I'll talk about it in a minute if I come back around to it, that connection to childhood trauma and how that where that actually comes from, that desire to repel and to push away. Um, but for right now, repair attempts can be. Uh, a bids to touch you. It can also look like telling a joke, right? Things are getting heated, things are getting hot, and they crack a little joke, right? They say something really small, or they say something that they know is going to make you laugh, or they refer back to a TV show or something that you like, and you're like, don't make me laugh. Uh, and you could think that it's because they're trying to change the subject. But what Gottman's research will say is that all of these things are really healthy things because they stop y'all from out operating at a 10. If your person is not chronically using these things as, as a defense mechanism, this is examples of it being healthy. Because if y'all are both at a 10, then that's when y'all start saying things that you don't mean. That's when people start to leave. If one person has kind of um, an escape mechanism where when things get too heated, they got to get out the room. And then usually someone who is a fleer is connected to someone who has abandonment trauma. And so that's fun when you have abandoned. And of course, that's me being sarcastic and not trying to... Um, say that's actually not fun. It's actually very painful. But that's, uh, that is very painful when you have abandonment trauma and then your partner leaves and they're leaving because they don't want to say something that they don't mean. And you're feeling like if you actually love me, you would stay. And it's just 
Taylor's Taylor's oldest time, right? So when y'all are able to do these repairs as things are starting to get bigger and you're able to bring keep it at a five or a six or even bring it down to a four or three, it makes it more easy it's gonna make it more likely that you can actually move closer to each other. So again, Gottman is great about giving lists and, and workbooks and all that stuff. So um, if you want to go to his website, it's linked in the show notes. It's Gottman.com. Gottman has two T's, G-O-T-T-M-A-N.com. They have a blog. They have all kinds of things for you to check out and to explore. He's written like, I don't know, 12 books. Um, and you can check them out. But he actually has a repair checklist. And so he will have different statements that are related to the classic I feel statements, ways to say I'm sorry, how to talk about appreciation as a repair attempt, how to stop things from going on, how to calm things down and everything. Now, what I will say is that when it comes to making these repairs, as fantastic as having a list of different different groups and categories of statements that you can say, if you don't, one, understand the reason why these are appropriate statements for yourself, two, understand the emotions that you're actually feeling, three, know how to connect to the emotions your partner is feeling in the moment, and four, not get so flooded and overwhelmed by all of that that you don't even remember those statements. These lists can feel either really robotic and um, disingenuous, or you cannot remember them at all because there's so many emotions going on. So as, as great as it is to have resources like, um, like Gottman's, I really want to emphasize that it is important for all of you, for all of us, to continue to do our own trauma and healing work. That when it comes to healing and growing and becoming our best selves and being being connected to our partners, there's not a one-stop shop for any of it. Really, it is going through life, finding the teachers, finding the resources that really connect to us and pulling all of the wisdom and expertise and experience from it that we can, and then adding that to our toolbox, adding it to our toolkit and mixing it together with all the other ways that we may need to supplement it or, um, or bridge gaps of understanding that we didn't know before. So... For example, on Gottman's checklist, the category that talks about I need to calm down is literally titled I need to calm down. And there's a list of statements that you can tell your partner when you need to calm calm down. One of the statements on the list is tell me you love me. Now, let's think about this. Why would someone in the middle of a fight or as a as an argument or as a conversation is starting to escalate want to interrupt and tell the person to tell them, tell me you love me? It is probably because they are feeling really angry and upset, right? But underneath, if you don't have any awareness of your emotions, you don't really know that really what's underneath that anger and being upset is probably fear. Fear that the person doesn't love you. Fear of not being enough. Fear of them leaving you. Fear of abandonment and trauma. Maybe what's underneath those emotions, underneath those emotions of anger and being upset is feeling unheard, feeling misunderstood, feeling judged, feeling criticized. 
And if you aren't doing or haven't done, or you've only been with partners where you've just kind of become emotionally lifeless and only been with people where you've trusted them to figure out all the emotions and be perfect all the time. And then when they're not perfect anymore, you end the relationship. If you've never done any of that work to learn how to connect to yourself, when you're in this conversation with this person and you're feeling all of those emotions that you don't have words for and you tell them in this escalated moment tell me you love me and they don't respond in the way that you want because they're also escalated or it's so confusing because y'all are talking and then you just interrupt and say tell me you love me and they're like girl what (laughs) and then you feel dejected because their immediate statement wasn't I love you and then The partner on the other side, if they aren't doing their work, let's say you're the partner where the other person is telling you, okay, tell me you love me, tell me you need me, tell me, you know, all of their inner fears, all the things that they feel like they're deficient in that you don't feel, but all the things that they feel that you are deficient in, if you aren't doing your own emotional work, you may not be aware of when you're starting to feel escalated and intruded upon. Um, if you are going to feel that way, if it does feel like they're asking you for too much, you're not going to be able to be aware of the fact that when she's asking you to tell me that you love me, what she's really asking you to say is tell me you understand. Tell me that we're going to be okay. Tell me that this makes sense, right? And you may respond in ways that don't actually repair the relationship. So again, make sure that you are always staying connected to as many resources and people and teachers and things that you can if these are areas of your life that you are currently trying to cultivate and grow in. There's no such thing as having too much wisdom, but going back to straight praise for this as a resource for resource for you. What I really love about uh, Gottman's materials too is because of the way that it's written, it is I believe is very understandable to no matter who is in the relationship dynamic or how they identify or how they are socialized to grow up, whether or not they are very emotionally aware or not, because it is very uh, black and white. It is something that y'all could print out and talk together and say, okay, these are the repairs that I like, which are the ones that you like and talk about what you're going to do whenever you need to stop and connect in a relationship, just so that you can have Share language before you start. So yeah, that is it for today's episode all about Gottman's bids and repairs. I hope that this is another practical set of information that you can take with you to apply to your coupleship and for you to move forward. If listening to this, you heard some of my examples of how bidding and repairing goes wrong. So someone reaches out to touch you and you pull back. You get angry when they try to say something to lighten the mood. You hold on to grudges and anger a lot longer than you want to. You don't even want to make a bid towards partners, whether or not you're in a relationship or not. Um, It is really hard for you to stay focused and to make space for people. You're constantly in relationships with people who you find that you're the one who's making bids and they're not responsive or you're in a relationship with someone that you know is very attentive and adores you and it's hard for you to receive the kindness and love and compassion and trust that that's real then we got some work to do this is this is the trauma work that i'm always talking about this is what i'm always coming back to and this is why we're doing our let them love you workshop it is because 
like this is why I talked so much about the negative part last time. People, we can know these really great tools and information. We can know them logically. We can be like, bet, got it. I'm going to go get the books off Amazon today. I'm going to research which one is the best one, which by the way, I want to say it's the seven, seven practices of highly effective couples, something like that. Um, it's the only one, with the only one with the name seven in it. But I'm going to find Gottman's book on the website and I'm going to print it or I'm going to order it and we're going to have the best relationship this time next year. Uh, y'all, if, if it was that easy, if it was that easy, then we would have all done it by now. The way that our trauma, the way that our self-doubt, the way that our unnamed childhood trauma just continues to repeat itself in our life. Like some of y'all, it blew y'all mind, y'all's minds when I talked about uh, playing the horse and carrot game with love and affection. You had never considered that before. You didn't even really think that that was a thing. Or actually you knew it was a thing in your adult relationships, but you thought it was just a part of you know, the cat and mouse thing that happens in adult relationships, but not really realizing, wait, when that shit happened when I was four and five, that sucked and that was painful and I hated it. And it may cause all these trust issues today. And there are so many things that we have normalized that we think are completely normal that are not even on our radar. So when we try to apply all of these really positive, amazing tips and tools and tricks, they don't, they don't stick. They don't stick or they don't take root. And so that's why this coaching support, that's why these workshops, that's why all the things that I offer, I offer because I see so many loving, uh, committed, smart women try to do these things on their own. I am, I have been that woman and it's only been by the support and love and connection of other people that I've been able to make breakthroughs in my life. And I've, that's why I take all of my expertise of being a therapist for over 12 years and now being a educator and a coach and seeing what has practically helped and putting it all together in resources for y'all because I want you all to get the life and love that you deserve. I want you to have open access in your hearts to be available. And I want you to know that you are worth it. And I want you to know that the people who love you are worth it too, and not be afraid of them and not be afraid of love and learn how to hope and dream again. That's what I want for every single one of y'all. So if hearing all that, you're like, I do want to know how to let other people love me. And I do want to go deeper in this and get some direct coaching and hot seats and love, love coaching. I call them love seats. <laughs> I want to get some love seat coaching connected to this. Then I want to see you in Houston. I want to see you in Houston on Saturday, August 6th. And you can get a ticket on the website while seats are still available. Okay, so that is it for now, y'all. I'm sending you all so much love. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.